Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, what a strange week like we've never felt before. If not for NFL free agency starting this week, the sports world would be completely silent. It seems like it's going to be that way for quite a while. Yeah, hard to believe it was just eight days ago, Bill, that we were talking Phillies and Sixers with James Seltzer and Flyers hockey with uh, Charlie O'Connor. And all those sports were in the forefront of our minds. And then, boom, a couple days later, everything changed. And now, as you said, we won't see any of them in action for several weeks. And we have pretty much only Eagles and NFL news to discuss in earnest. What a difference a week makes. Yeah, it sure does. And, you know, it. Uh, you say a few weeks, it might be a few months. It's looking like... Uh, it just keeps pushing out further and further with events being canceled all the way out till, uh, you know, the Kentucky Derby, the first weekend, the first Saturday of May is already canceled as well. Yeah, they're talking baseball mid-May at the earliest, more likely June, I'm hearing, you know, from some people. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the NBA and the NHL. Are they just going to end the season right where it is and start the playoffs at some point, you know, in, in June? We don't know. we got to stay tuned for all of that. So uh, it's, it's going to be a very interesting month of April. Well, it, it sure is. And uh, we're going to talk all that football, the Eagles, everything going on with the uh, free agency with tonight's special guest, leading Green Nation's Brandon Lee Gowton. He'll be making a return trip. And uh, been a lot of major moves involving quarterbacks, Chet. Yeah, I, and first of all, I love the term legal tampering, by the way. The NFL uses you know that term, yeah, and that's that? where all this news this week is coming from, the legal tampering stuff. Uh, now the league news season officially has begun as of 4 p.m. Eastern time today. But yes, the Tom Brady news and lots of other quarterbacks making news for their comings or goings, including that Nick Foles making another movie with the Chicago Bears now, and he's going to compete, I guess, with Mitch Trubisky for the starting job there. That'll be interesting. Busy week for the NFL, but not so much for the other major sports, which which really put a damper on trips to Florida for a whole bunch of people last week, Bill, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, I do, I do. <laughs> uh, I think we were one of them, but, uh, or, or two of them, uh, but we did get to get together down there, and uh, we, had, we made fun out of it, uh, that's for sure, but uh, missed some baseball. Yeah, we sure did, and we will talk about that later, although, of course, some of what happens in Florida stays in Florida. I'm just kidding. We all behave down there, or at least that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, <laughs> before we have our guest, Brandon Gowton, join us, what's your take on Nick Foles joining the Chicago Bears? Well, I'll tell you, um, I'm, I'm surprised because it, what it looks like is that the Bears are 
given up on Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I didn't see the deal, how that's all worked out. If Jacksonville is paying the, the mother load of that contract and maybe Foles will be the backup there to Trubisky, but I'm really surprised that uh, the Bears will be giving up on him at this point, if that's the case. Yeah, I don't think they are. I think they're either going to commit to Trubisky and have Foles as the backup or have them compete for the starting job, which I think would make sense, you know, given the the way both of them have performed in the last year or two. So we'll see what happens there, but that's not our concern. I'm just really glad Foles didn't go to the New England Patriots because there was some talk about that being a possibility, you know, with uh, them moving on from Brady and Foles being available. I could not root for Nick Foles in a New England Patriots uniform. <laughs> well, and obviously you, you mentioned Tom Brady. Uh, that's big news. Him, It looks like he's going to go to Tampa Bay or he's going to drag this out a little longer. And until it's on, ain't on the line, it ain't happening. So, uh, all indications are it's Tampa, but not for sure yet. Yeah, TB going to TB, so that will be interesting. Uh, I wonder how he's going to do without Belichick. I mean, you know, he's never had, not had Belichick as uh, his head coach, so uh, that's going to be very interesting. I don't know what kind of team the Bucks have anymore. I guess, you know, you've seen them a little bit more closely than I have because you were down in Florida much of the time. Can they compete? Can they make a run? I know uh, a couple of years ago, people thought that they might be on the right track. Where do you see Brady with the Bucks, and how will they do? Tampa has weapons. Uh, you know, Mike Evans is a great receiver. Chris Godwin from Penn State ended up being their leading receiver this year. He's good. They've got offensive weapons. They're not great on the offensive line. So, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, but they can also draft some offensive line or, or get some, some free agent help there. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, they had Jameis Winston there. He led the league in yardage. He just also threw too many interceptions. But they're done with him, it appears. It, it certainly appears that way. The Eagles haven't done a whole lot as of yet. And we'll talk to Brandon about that, of course. But they did get a pretty good nose tackle, Javon Hargrave. So they're stacked in the you know in the middle of the defensive line now with him and Fletcher Cox and hopefully a healthy Malik Jackson. So that'll certainly be a strength. But do they even have any linebackers left on the roster now? I don't know. Well, <laughs> no, they they really don't. They really don't. But I, I'm going to tell you, you know, uh, the Philly fans being Philly fans that they are and the quick reactors that they are, uh, you know, they're wanting to throw Howie Roseman off the Walt Whitman Bridge again and all that. It's early. Uh, how he's going to make more moves, he's not going to sit there with this team the way it is. I think uh, Alshon Jeffries is going to be the next one that's going to go. Uh, and then they're going to make some moves. And whether it's draft picks or what exactly it is they do, uh, they're going to bolster this roster. They're, they're not going to get rid of Malcolm Jenkins and, and those kind of guys and not replace them with some quality players. Yeah, and they, they do have a lot of needs still. We'll talk to Brandon about that. Uh, we're going to see what they're going to prioritize in the draft coming up. And the draft is going to go on in late April, they tell us, although no fans will be there to witness it. Uh, they have needs in the secondary. They do need at least a couple of linebackers, I think, to have available. And they certainly need wide receivers. Also, they'll probably need another running back because Howard is gone. Looks like Corey Clement is going as well. So... Uh, they certainly have a lot of spots on the roster that are going to have to be filled between now and the summer. Yeah, and you know, uh, the DeAndre Hopkins trade from Houston uh, to Arizona, you know, everybody was jumping up and down about why the Eagles weren't in on that. 
And I just heard this uh, about an hour ago. It came from South Palo Antonio that the Eagles were certainly in that in that conversation until Miles Sanders got brought into the discussion, and that was the end for the Eagles. Yeah, uh, they weren't happen. trading Miles Sanders in a deal for DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is a great player. He is, and I can't blame the Eagles for not wanting to part with Sanders, but by the same token, it doesn't look like Arizona gave up a whole lot. So you wonder if they could have done something else to make it work. Well, Johnson Johnson's a good back for them. He was just hurt this year. Right. Uh, but he, he's a quality player, too. Uh, but they but they replaced him with a rookie last year, and his name slipped in my mind, who had a good year. So maybe they figured Johnson was expendable and more of a backup type back. If Miles Sanders was the guy you wanted, the Eagles have no one else to stick in if you're looking for a running back. You know, they, they have no one else of value to put in that trade. Mm-hmm. Boy, we have a lot of football to talk about with our guest and you and I uh, otherwise. But I, in the meantime, Bill, the coronavirus pandemic has obviously put the entire sports world in terms of actual game action on hold. So i got to ask, are you going to survive a month or two without sports if the situation lasts that long as it looks like it might? Uh, well, I mean, you don't have a choice, right? You know, i tell you what, I was out a little bit today. I, I'm, I'm working from home now, too. My office is shut down uh, at least as needed. Uh, so I was out a little bit over lunchtime. I'll tell you what, there was a ton of people at the park out there walking, running, uh, bike riding. There's all kinds of people out trying to find something to do. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it is what it is. And uh, we can only trust that we're doing this for all the right reasons. And uh, we'll survive. Well, Bill, this is the first time in my life I'm actually an essential employee because you know i'm my regular job i'm doing business news out there so this is uh, an important time for people wanting to get all the business news so i'm here at my regular job with compass compass media networks doing all that stuff and the great thing for me i usually come in about 11:45 a.m every day and normally it's a struggle to find a good parking spot but because pretty much everybody else in the building is now working remotely the parking lots are 90 percent empty so i get a spot right by the door every day which is kind of nice yeah, well, and, uh, you know, it's interesting times ahead, Jeff. The uh, Major League Baseball has come out and said every team is, is putting up a million dollars to help their employees during this time of need. Uh, you know, a lot of others, Russell Wilson today uh, came up with a, a million meals or a thousand meals or whatever, some crazy amount of meals that he's providing in the Seattle area. Uh, you know, this is going to be real trying times for people and. uh even when we get out of this, whatever it is, a couple of months or what, wherever it is, you know, are people going to have the money? Are people going to be able to spend $100 a ticket, $150 a ticket to go to the Eagles games every week? It's, uh, you know, I think challenging times are upon us like we've never seen in our lifetimes. Oh, you got that right. And speaking of the Eagles and uh, paying for games and stuff, I heard a couple of people complaining on the radio today that the Eagles are, you know, still sending out their invoices and asking ticket holders to pay, you know, their regular installment on their season tickets. And a lot of people are asking about getting, you know, some kind of waiver or a delay. And one guy said he'd talked to somebody at the Eagles office today and they said, no, you got to, you know, make those payments or risk losing your tickets so you know hopefully that's not gonna be the case forever they gotta you know address this and realize that a lot of people are gonna be without paychecks for a while and uh you know might not be able to pay for september football games here in march and april 
Well, I'm I'm going to hope that that's not true, and I'm going to also hope that maybe Brandon uh, Brandon Lee Galton has some information on that, when, uh, and we'll ask him. And with that, let's bring our great guest from Bleeding Green Nation, Brandon Lee Galton, back to the show. Brandon, always good to have you, and uh, we're talking about a bunch of different things tonight, but somehow we're going to talk about football. Hey, guys. Always glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, Brandon, and because we're practicing social distancing, I just got to say. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to do that. Had to do that. All right. <laughs> BLG. We're going to have to start screening him, Brandon. <laughs> oh, you got to have some fun. Hey, BLG, as I noted when I texted you on Sunday, we were supposed to be doing a March Madness preview show tonight. That's not happening, obviously. But thank God we have all this NFL news to discuss and somebody great to talk about that with, and that's you. So let's cover as much as we can. First, Brandon, the big Eagles move so far in free agency, the only major move in the legal tampering week here, uh, they got former Steelers nose tackle Javon Hargrave. Your thoughts on this addition and what it means for the D-line? So I think it's interesting because I think Javon Hargrave is definitely a good player. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. I think he can be really effective in the Eagles scheme. I think he can really help add some pass rush to this defensive line. Uh, it's just kind of a question of resources for the Eagles here. I think he can be useful, but okay, they're paying Javon Hargrave top seven defensive tackle money. They're paying Malik Jackson, who they signed last year, top five defensive tackle money. And they're paying Fletcher Cox the most 4-3 defensive tackle money uh, per year in the NFL. So it's a lot of resources at one spot. And in the meantime, you know, we haven't heard any news of the Eagles addressing positions of need elsewhere. They actually do need players. It's not like they needed to add a defensive tackle. Uh, so it's kind of a weird use of resources so far. And obviously there's time, Harry Roseman, so it's time to address those other positions. But from the jump, it's kind of just weird to put all those resources into that one spot. Um, for a very good player, I think, it's just, you know, it kind of doesn't, it's not so uh, appetizing when you don't have those other positions filled. Hey, Brandon, can we ask you to do a big favor and call us back because you are cutting in and out like crazy, so you must have uh, got a bad line somehow. And hang up and call us right back if you wouldn't, wouldn't mind, all right? Gotcha. Thanks. These things happen, Bill, so uh, we shall proceed. See, it's that damn virus that even affects phone lines, you know? <laughs> you, you think that's what it is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> got to be something. But, and, and I tell you, it's good. good comment right off the bat with – from Brandon, you know, this offense, this defensive line is going to be good. You have Brandon Graham in there uh, still, and he, he's been productive. So they, they like to load up under Jim Schwartz with a, with a strong defensive line, and they, uh, they certainly are going to build the defense around them again, that's for sure. Yeah, we'll see what Schwartz can do. Uh, everybody says Hargrave is a great addition, so let's hope that is the case and hope that Fletcher Cox you know, won't be double-teamed as often. So it's going to be interesting. But like we said, a lot of moves still to be made. Um, God, I wish we had Sixers and Flyers to talk about too because uh, I-, I wanted to see you know, how Embiid was going to proceed. I wanted to see if the Flyers were going to stay on their role. But right now we just have Eagles. Well, you, and- well you know what's interesting with all these guys? Uh, you know all the the Phillies as well is how much time do they need to get in in this game shape? You know, uh, obviously pitching is going to have to they're going to have to get some innings in, in in some sort of a spring training environment. You know, skating on your own, playing hoops on your own is all different than playing for real. So you know, there's going to have to be a preseason of some sort 
organized preseason of some sort for all teams. They have their work cut out for them with all that, man. While you're calling Brandon, I, I, I've just gotten a little little tune here. Yeah. That uh, I think we're all going to be looking forward to someday soon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The sooner, yeah. the better. Yeah, you got that right. The sooner, the better. Okay, Brandon. Well, I like that. Are Hello. you there? Oh, that's you much go. better. We are okay, back in business. Go. All right, sounds good. There Bill, go. take it away. Well, hey, Brandon, what I wanted to jump over, your comments on the defensive line, outstanding. But I think uh, we certainly have to talk about the Malcolm Jenkins situation. Uh, you know, four years with New Orleans, he's already, you know, he'll be 36 at the end of that contract. Some person on a certain radio station called this a disgrace not to sign him. I don't call it a disgrace. Disappointed, yes. A disgrace, certainly not. It's a huge loss for this team. Uh, in a vacuum, you know, you can look at, okay, the Eagles need to get younger. Yes, that, that was a stated goal by Howie Roseman. But you don't just get younger by simply letting veterans go and then not replacing them with young talent. And that was part of the issue with the Eagles here at safety. I mean, they have no internal options, really, that that are, make great sense to replace Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, they brought Rodney McLeod back. I thought he didn't play so well last year, so I don't love that move. Jalen Mills moving to safety after not playing that position since college in 2015 is a really kind of a big projection the Eagles are making here. Then the other guys in the roster are Marcus Epps and uh, Rudy Ford, which are clearly not any kind of answers. So, And, again, the Eagles can always add someone, so I'm not saying it's all over, but it's just it's it's a hard position to fill, and we, we know that because they struggled to replace Brian Dawkins for years. So getting rid of Malcolm Jenkins, you know, uh, like, okay, maybe in a vacuum you can find some sense to it, but it's going to be really tough to replace him. Yep, especially his leadership. Um, I want to talk about the wide receiver situation. What is happening with Alshon Jeffrey? I don't see him coming back. Nelson Aguilar, maybe a goner. Needless to say, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside had a forgettable rookie season. What's the wide receiver crew going to look like this year? Yeah, I mean, so I'm pretty sure Deshaun Jackson will be starting. Beyond that, I don't think Alshon Jeffrey will be back. I don't know exactly when he'll be gone, but I think the Eagles will designate him with a post-June 1 cut or somehow, if by some miracle they find a way to trade him to some team, I think either way, Alshon Jeffrey will be gone. There's been issues in the locker room. There was a report out there that Alshon Jeffrey was confronted by another key player on offense yeah. in the locker room. So clearly, this is uh, something that's an issue inside the team. And as far as Nelson Aguilar goes, pretty sure he'll sign elsewhere. J.J. Ortega, Whiteside, I mean, he had such a bad rookie year last year. When you look at the historical precedent for the kind of receivers uh, with his lack of production, it's not good. Like, if you're counting on him having a big year, like, you're really counting on him to defy history. Now, I'm not saying we should just write him off and he'll never be good at all, but you can't simply count on that because it's just it's not a good bet to make, in my view. So uh, it's, a, it's a position that needs serious help. There's a lot of talent in the NFL draft, but the, the thing there is the Eagles have never drafted a wide receiver under Howie Roseman that has made it to a second contract except Riley Cooper. So all of a sudden <laughs> we're just expecting them to, yeah, to really uh, be good at drafting receivers. Uh, it, it's a big challenge, and with all of the, what's going on in the world and the coronavirus, 
uh, it sounds like some of these rookies might not even get into practice until training camp. So it's not even like they're, they're the rookies who they draft are going to have this big period to acclimate to the NFL. So it's, I think it's kind of a, a big ask to be drafting multiple rookie receivers and, and, and expecting them to be impact players right away. I think Riley's available, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, Brandon, you know, uh, before you came on, we Chet and I were talking, and I, I, maybe I'm giving a little bit too much credit to Howie Roseman, but I, I don't see him letting this team blow up. He's got a franchise quarterback. He's got some good players. You know, Peters is gone. Vitae is gone. The line, middle linebacker is gone. Bradham. Uh, Bradham. You know, Bradham. So they've gotten rid of a handful of veteran players. I just don't see him. He can't rebuild with a franchise quarterback. He's got to get some players in here and be competitive and do it now. You would think, and really, you know, looking at how bad Carson went to supporting cast got last year and, and looking even longer than that, I mean, it's really two out of his four years in the NFL now where the Eagles arguably have had the worst wide receiving core in the NFL. Like It is a yep. failure in a big way, if that happens again, like this is the time to fix it. And, you know, I think Howie Roseman talks a lot about looking at a window at the NFL combine and, and you know, they're not looking at this as an all in year. And I think there's some respectability to that. Um, but yeah, you, you can't just make this a year where you're not competitive. And I don't think that's what he's trying to do. I just think uh, a lot of what's going on so far is it's just like these moves aren't necessarily working out. Like I think the Eagles really wanted Byron Jones, but they failed to land him. And and I think they wanted to keep Malcolm Jenkins, but they failed to get it done. It seems like there's a failure of execution here right now. I don't think the strategy is necessarily all wrong, but they're just not executing. I want to ask you about the running backs. Miles Sanders, of course, will be there. Boston Scott, who uh, you know blossomed when he got his opportunity last year. Who else is going to be there? We know Jordan Howard is gone. Who else is going to be there in the backfield? Yeah, so the Eagles seem to like who they brought in late last year, Elijah Holyfield. He was uh, thought like thought of as a you know a decent draft prospect until he really tested very poorly uh, at the combine. Very poor athletic son of a Vander Holyfield, of course. So uh, he kind of profiles as a Jordan Howard type of player. Now, obviously, he might not even make it. At a training camp, we'll see, but that's that kind of mold of a bigger back. And I think the Eagles will end up maybe adding someone uh, for cheap and free agency. Melvin Gordon is out there, and it seems like his market isn't what uh, what he wants it to be. So maybe there's a chance he ends up signing for cheaper than expected. And we know the Eagles reportedly uh, did try to trade for Melvin Gordon last year early in the season. So he'll be on their radar potentially. Maybe they can sign someone like a Devonta Freeman on the cheap after the Falcons let him go. I do think they add some kind of more physical back to the mix at some point uh, at a cheap cost. Well, you know, you led me right where I was going to go, and you did it three times. You said cheap, cheap, and cheap three different times. And my question was going to be to you, in, in football, the NFL football business as it is, uh, what is the advantage to be cheap? I mean, they're all making money. I mean, you're going to make a little bit more? What's the advantage to being cheap rather than going all in? Well, I think it's about resource allocation, right? I think it's about where they put the money. Um, you know, you can't just spend everywhere. Uh, at every position, and that's going back to the Malik Jackson or the um, Javon Cargrave edition. That's why it's kind of confusing why they put so much more money there because that's taking it away from somewhere else. And I'm guessing the Eagles' theory on the secondary right now, looking by what they've done so far, is they don't want to spend big, spend big on it. Maybe they're realizing, okay, 
it's not going to be great anyway. We're not going to spend big on it. But then you would hope, you know, they're investing it in the right places elsewhere. They obviously made two big extensions in season last year with Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks. So they're putting it into the offensive line. You're seeing them put it into the quarterback by re-signing Carson Wentz. But, I mean, there's other big holes they still need to fill. So uh, you would hope, you know, they're going to put some of this into wide receiver and really help Carson Wentz out. But it doesn't seem like they're going that direction either. So to answer your question, I don't really know where they're putting these resources right now. Hey, Brandon, I want to ask you also about the new CBA that will eventually, or eventually rather, mean a 17-game regular season, not this year, effective this coming season, though, another playoff team in each conference, just one team getting a first round by the players, just narrowly approved it. How do you like these changes? I'm not a big fan of the extra game. I just felt like, to me at least, this, the way I felt was like, who was asking for this? Like, Was anyone really clamoring for this extra game? I think the 16th season is long enough as it is, as someone who covers it especially. Uh, I, I just didn't see the need for it. And I, I like the symmetry. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, 16 games. Uh, there's, you know, eight teams. Or there's sorry, the six teams for I just like and there's four teams per division. I just like the all the even numbers there. I thought that worked out nicely. I didn't really see the need to add another game. I know the owners obviously want revenue, uh, so I understand it from their end. But I just from the fan experience, I just I don't think we needed an extra game. And then from the player experience, I mean, especially watching the Eagles get ravaged by injuries for the past couple of years here. Like, do they really need more games to, to try to make it through the season when they're, they're scrapping together bodies by the end of the season anyway? So I'm not a big fan personally. I'm with you. Me neither. Hey, I wanted to ask you about uh, the Jason Peters situation. It sounded like they wanted to keep him, Then they let him go. They let Vitae go. Um, a lot of speculation seems to be out there, whether rumor or not about Andre Dillard. Uh, what's your what's your take on Dillard, and is he going to be the guy that's going to handle this left tackle spot? Not many other choices at the moment. Yeah, I mean, and I guess it's not impossible that they re-sign Jason Peters because he's still out there, uh, and they did leave the door open when they made the announcement that they would let him hit free agency. So I would think that's not likely at this point, but I'm not going to rule it out 100%. Um, it's a really odd situation for the Eagles because they drafted, they traded up to draft Andre Dillard last year. Uh, thought he was a top 10 player on their board. We're, we're surprised that he made it there. You know, he goes through a, a rookie year to learning on the bench. He, he struggled some at some moments, but especially when he was playing right tackle, which is a position he had no experience at. But then I thought he looked pretty good at other moments. So I thought he showed enough potential to where the Eagles should feel comfortable in moving on from a 38-year-old Jason Peters, who's going to be, uh, you know, even more cap space and more money if you do resign him. And go with your your 25 year old offensive tackle and Andre Dillard. And I note that because while he's going to be 25 this year as a second year player, the first round tackles in this draft class are going to be 21 years old. So I don't understand why he would need another season on the bench. Like that's there's no precedent for that. There are no offensive tackles in the NFL being taken and sat for two years. You don't need to do that because so many offensive tackles are ready to play right away. So if he's sitting on the bench for another year. Even if he was great by year three, like that's still two years of draft pick and cap space and cap and everything like that were kind of wasted there. So Dillard better be ready to start this year, and I think there clearly are, are real concerns about him in terms of like this isn't a no-brainer. There seemed to be some uh, faction with inside the Novacare complex that wanted Jason Peters back and wasn't necessarily sold on Andre Dillard being ready. So it's it's not the most uh, convincing way to kind of install Andre Dillard as the new starting left tackle if this is the Eagles are going about it. 
Well, Brandon, we had another dozen or so questions for you, but we're just about out of time. So before you go, let's dust off our Fast Five game, and I'm going to hit you with uh, a few of those questions, rapid-fire style. Give me answers in like 10 seconds, if that's all right. Can we do that? Sounds good. All right, here we go. Number one, on a percentage basis, what's the likelihood the Eagles will draft a wide receiver with their first-round pick? 99. All right. Uh, Nate Sudfeld. Whoa, Nate Sudfeld is returning. Will Nate be the Eagles' backup quarterback next season? No. Yeah, I think they're going to bring in somebody else also. Uh, later in the show, Brandon. Flacco's name popped up Yeah, today, Flacco. Okay? All right, I know. Later in the show, I believe Bill and I are going to talk about some of our all-time favorite Eagles. Which two or three players from your lifetime, Brandon, were among your favorites to watch? I have to say Brandon Graham. Wow. And I will also say... Deshaun Jackson. Okay. If the NBA season doesn't resume, will the Sixers fire Brett Brown this summer? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, speaking of basketball, Brandon, if there had been an NCAA tournament, who would have won it all? Oh, man. I don't even know. I don't know. (laughs) You can't get this one wrong, Brandon. (laughs) Yeah, we'll never know. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, right. Kansas. Let's go with Kansas. (laughs) Okay, Kansas. There you go. Uh, All right, Bill. There you go. Well, Brandon, hey, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Before you go, let the listeners know where they can follow you. You're always on top of everything, and you've got a ton of social media outlets. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, you can read my work at bleedinggreennation.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Follow BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. Check out our podcast for BGN. And uh, I think that just about does it. Again, thanks, guys, for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Brandon. All right. Appreciate you, Brandon. Thanks. All right. Okay, Bill. Everybody's aware of what's going on in the restaurant industry and beyond right now. And here's the deal at the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn. Like all restaurants in Bucks County, there's no sit-down meal service currently. The good news is that the Irish Rover is open daily from 11.45 to 7 for takeout meals and growler refills. And you can also purchase six packs of beer. For more information or to place an order, maybe a nice big order of their fabulous wings, give them a call, 215-970-5412. Or order right from their website, irishroverstationhouse.com. Thanks again to Chris and Tracy and the staff at the Rover for their support of Philly Press Box Radio and know that we are here to support you as well. We will all get through this mess. There you go. And hey, Chet, uh, it's time for week six of Random Q2. Tell the listeners how it works, and let's do it. You notice the theme of these uh, little music clips tonight, Bill? I do. <laughs> All right. All right, Bill. Yeah, week six of year four of Random Q2, as was the case in prior years. Random Q2 is our little 10-week series where over two minutes or so each week, I hit Bill with two questions, one about a current sports topic, if at all possible, while the second one is one of 10 random questions already written down a few weeks ago about whatever. And that's all there is to it. So here we go. This week's first question, Bill. The sports world is totally quiet right now in terms of games. Now here's the question. If only three of the four major pro sports were allowed to return to action and you got to make the choice, which sport would get the heave-ho and why? Uh, the NBA. I knew that. Tell me why. <laughs> Tell me why. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I, I enjoy the NBA playoffs. 
Um, I don't enjoy the NBA regular season very much. Uh, you know, and I told you this before. The NBA has become a, a shooting gallery of three-point shooters. It's not the game it used to be in my mind. Uh, they do play it better in the playoffs. Uh, but I, I'm just not a fan of the NBA regular season. I knew that. I just wouldn't hear you say it again. All right, for your second question, Bill, you know the deal. Pick a number. You have five left to choose from because you're at the halfway point. The numbers that are left, three, four, six, nine, and ten. What will it be? Uh, ten. Number 10. Ooh. You know, I may have asked you this once before a couple of years ago, but I can't, couldn't remember. And if you did, I can't remember the answer. So I'm going to ask it again. If you were a baseball player. I probably don't have the same answer. Yeah. So that's yeah. All right. If you were a baseball <laughs> player, what would your walk-up music be? Uh, uh, probably my favorite song of all. It would be Born to Run. I had a hunch it would be something by Bruce, and that was one of the things I thought of. For me, probably ACDC something. I don't know. I love ACDC, and it's great walk-up music. All right, there you go. Another random Q2 segment in the books. All right. Well, hey, Chet, uh, speaking of random thoughts, uh, how about I pick your brain on this one? Uh, You mentioned it just a minute ago for for some fun. How about we come up with our five favorite all-time Eagles to watch play? You know, we'll start Hmm. with number five. We'll go to number one. We'll go backwards right yeah okay so be five then my five then your four and and so forth gotcha yeah with me let's go for it who's your number five and first of all i bet i can guess two of your top five but i you know if you ever want me to make that guess number one and number two probably i I know yeah a certain linebacker is going to be on the list um beyond that i'm not sure uh i had it written down somewhere now i forget but i know that yeah a certain linebacker will be in your top three. All right. Full disclosure, folks. Yeah, we did decide yesterday that we were going to do this. And let's face it, it's something that does require a little thought. So I actually came up with ten, uh, ten names, including five honorable mentions. So let me just get those out of the way. <laughs> so did I. Yeah. yeah I couldn't just so narrow it to five. So my honorable mention, guys, were John Runyon. I had to get an offensive lineman on the list somewhere. Brian Westbrook. Our pal Bill Bradley didn't make the top five, but he's an honorable mention. Zach Ertz, the only active player on my list, and a guy that you probably thought would make my top five but did not, Reggie White. He was a near miss. All right. My number five, a guy that I took to right away when he played under Buddy Ryan and then for the entire Rich Cotite era, a very good wide receiver with 308 catches during his six seasons with the Eagles, and a super guy that, like Bill Bradley, we've had on our show four times. And that did not influence my pick. Arkansas Fred Barnett is number five for me. Mm, okay. Well, my honorable mention uh, is, is goes back a little bit further than yours, but uh, I started out in no particular order. But that Keith Jackson, the tight end, yeah. was a great player, loved to watch him. Back as a little kid, Timmy Brown, he made my list. Loved Ben Hawkins back in the day with a chin strap flapping. Loved he, to watch yeah, Ben Hawkins. Almost made my list, too. Yeah, and uh, Charles Young, Charlie Young, the tight end that played there with Roman Gabriel. Roman Gabriel almost made my list yep. for his short stint. And my most honorable mention, Chet, just because he was a pinball machine uh, highlight film, was Michael Vick. Hmm. Not that I was a huge Michael Vick fan, but Michael Vick was fun to watch. I had Keith Jackson, Ben Hawkins, Charles Young, all under consideration, but they ultimately didn't make it. But uh, good names, good names. All right, number five, Bill. Okay, so my number five, you mentioned him, John Runyon. John Hmm. Runyon was my man. Uh, Loved to watch him play, Chet. Did you know he played in 144 games with the Eagles? 
started all 144, never missed a game in nine seasons. Yeah, that's and amazing. More importantly, more importantly, in nine years, he had 33 penalties in nine years and only 10 holding calls in nine years. Wow. And only made and and made one Pro Bowl ever. I mean, the guy was a great player. And because people didn't like him because he was a little rough around the edges sometimes. Uh, but I love John Runyon. Love yeah, me too. Play. Me too. And uh, a great guy, too. I met him a few times. Super nice guy. And uh, he played hurt, you know, several times, but just didn't want to come out of the lineup and never did. Yep. So Let's go to number four. Number four on my list, a guy who I've touted for many years as one of the very best Eagles and a guy who should get serious consideration for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Another great player who began his career under Buddy Ryan. He's a linebacker who, during his eight seasons as an Eagle, forced 21 fumbles, had 17 picks, and 37 sacks. You know I love this guy, the great Seth Joyner, number four. Number four. All right. My number four is going to surprise you, Chet. Hmm. Only played three years with the Eagles. Uh, my favorite college football player of all time, and that would be that Herschel Walker. Hmm. Did you know, Chet? 1,348 yards from scrimmage one year, 1,356 the next, 1,028 the next. He returned. That doesn't include his kick returns and everything else. And did you know, Chet, he had a 91-yard rushing touchdown, a 93-yard receiving touchdown, and a 94-yard kick return touchdown, <laughs> all for the Eagles. Only three years, but they were three great years. And uh, because I watched him in college, unfortunately, he stopped in that other place hmm. down the road. Yeah. Um, for, for a little too long, but uh, loved his time with the Eagles. Surprised that he made your list, but yeah, he was fun to watch during his time with the Birds. So, number, okay, three. number three. Number three. Boy, I'll tell you, if there's any Eagles fan who doesn't have this guy in their top five, they're not really a Birds fan. Just saying, Bill. He spent 13 great years with the Eagles and just went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2019. No, 2018. Uh, Weapon X, Brian Dawkins, of course. Well, uh, there's a chance he's going to be on my list, but he's not going to be number three because number three is my one current player. And you know how I like them offensive linemen, and I'm <laughs> going with Jason Kelsey. Uh, Jet, nine seasons with the Birds. Uh, he started 126 out of 126 games and uh, loved to watch him play. Great feet, kind of revolutionizing that center position for the way he can run. So, uh and every year Pro Bowler now, so Jason Kelsey is my number three. I had a hunch that either. Who you got at number two? I had a hunch that either Kelsey or Peters or Lane Johnson would make your list if you were going to pick a uh, current Eagle. So, yeah, I'm glad to see Kelsey made it. Good guy. Number two, Bill, I've told you before, this guy was one of my favorite players back in the day. Had a chance to meet him a few times over the years. He caught passes in a then-record 127 straight games. He's still the Birds' leader in receptions and receiving yards some 40 years later, and he is finally heading to Canton later this year. Old number 17, Harold Carmichael, is my number two. Well, my number two is your number three. I'm going with Weapon X, Brian Dawkins. Nothing like the passion that B-Doc brought to the field every single day. It was fun to watch and uh, great to have him to be part of the Philadelphia Eagles. You know it. Well, any of my top three could have been my number one, and it probably changed from week to week. But 
I may have said Carmichael or B. Doc some other week, yeah, but in thinking about it this week, I went with the guy who brought lots of Eagles fans, plenty of thrills during his time with the Birds in the late 80s and the first half of the 90s. So much fun to watch. Defenses hated going up against him. The ultimate weapon, Randall Cunningham, is my number one. Randall Cunningham. How about that? Who would have thought? And I thought five was always love you. Yeah, five didn't make your list or mine. I know who your number one. He is that linebacker that I mentioned. Am I right? He is that linebacker, number 66, Bill Berge, still my favorite Eagle of all time. Uh, uh, Another underrated guy who played on such bad teams, made Pro Bowls on their bad teams. If he was playing behind that steel curtain line, they would – He'd be bronzed in Canton and, uh, unfortunately, a great player playing just on some bad football teams. But Bill Berge was a great player. Hey, this was fun. So I'll tell you what, how about in the weeks ahead we do this for the Sixers, the Flyers, and the Phillies, our favorite five. There you go. Sounds like fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Hey, Jed, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. All-state insurance in Westchester, PA. Yes, we do. One of the best benefits of having an all-state insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs, someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania at 610-430-0700. Again, that number, 610-430-0700. And, Bill, only part of this line is true. It's the end of the world as we know it. I feel fine. I do feel fine. Well, we're glad you feel fine. Yes. It's not the end of the world, folks. Not the end of the world. That's right. Hey, Chad, I got to tell you, for being an unplanned trip uh, together, we ended up together in Clearwater. We had no baseball, but we sure turned it into a bunch of fun. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We were both in Florida last week. Uh, Boy, what a good time. I I met up with some old friends. I made some new friends. I managed to visit about 12 bars in four days down there. Met up uh, with a friend from my investor's bank day. She works in Tampa now, and she showed me around Ybor City, which was a whole lot of fun. Uh, Like you, I visited Spectrum Field, even though there weren't any games. Took a little walk on the awesome Clearwater Beach. So, yeah, we we had a great time, Bill. Yeah, we sure did, and uh, we're glad you got to join us. Started out as a a little throw-together lunch at Buffalo Wild Wings right there by the stadium because there was no game, and uh, turned into a few good days of uh, hanging out together, and uh, you got got Collingdale-ized a little bit. I did. Met a couple of your friends from your old high school days, and you showed us the mansion that used to be home to Ryan Howard, which he sold last year for $16.5 million. Not a bad little place. <laughs> he took a bath on that house, too, didn't he? And yeah. and finally, you got to meet our good friend, Dave Lavoy, that we talk about uh, every week, who's always been with us for a long time, and... Uh, and you got to meet Dave for the first time. Yeah, we've been doing his spots for, I guess, about two years now. We appreciate Dave's uh, support of our show, of course. And it turns out he is a nice guy that you can talk to and ask him questions and have a, maybe having a beer with, you know, which was fun. And uh, speaking, yeah, of me- speaking of meeting nice people, we met some fun people, including the legendary Johnny Bones and his Aunt Donna. And I'll tell you, they should be in a sitcom together. 
uh, old-fashioned Italians, <laughs> and uh, they loved the Italian food, and they even had us over on Saturday. Moved up the start time for me because they knew I had to catch my plane Saturday evening. So we went over to Aunt Donna's place down uh, in the Clearwater Beach area and had a nice Italian dinner with Aunt Donna and Johnny Bones. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and Emmett, Bob, Dave, the whole batch was there, and uh, it was a, it was good. We had fun time, and uh, thanks to all them for for doing that. And uh, got to bump into a couple people on the beach and uh, around the pubs that were that, that knew us from our Philly Press Box Radio, and that was fun too. Got to talk to them, and uh, funny, uh, you know, you have a face for radio, Chet, and somehow people get to know who you are. <laughs> Yeah, and hey, how about the view from Aunt Donna's uh, condo right on the beach? She's on the sixth floor. Uh, not bad. No, not not bad <laughs> at all. And uh, we we certainly appreciate her uh, her spending her time with us and uh, taking care of us. She, as you said, she cooked us a fantastic meal that uh, I'm still full, and that was Saturday. Yeah, I had to stop eating pretty much Monday and Tuesday to lose some of the weight that I put on from last Wednesday through Saturday because I, <laughs> I ate and drank a lot. As I said, I managed to visit, I think, 12 bars in four days. I'm not going to tell you how many beers I had, but it was it was in double digits by far. Uh, I had two yeah, margaritas. You out of fingers and toes, I know that. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I, I only had one corona, but hopefully no coronavirus. That's right. Hey, and, and uh, you know, Chet, there was a, a funny uh, comment that came out of that, and uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't say it, and that would be back to you, Chet. <laughs> yeah, where did that come? I mean, I know that on the old NBC Nightly News with David uh, Huntley and Chet Brinkley, or did I get it right? Chet Huntley and David Chet, Brinkley. Chet Brinkley and Chet Huntley and David yes. Brinkley. And is that where Johnny Bones got the line from? Is that why he said back to you, Chet, a few times? That's where it came from. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. All right, yes, I remember that because we're old and we do remember David and Chet on NBC Nightly News. Um, uh, are we done talking about Clearwater? And if you want to be. Well, because I have another thing to uh, add musically right here, and let's hopefully that oh. we don't have this. Don't don't have this, hopefully. Don't get that industrial disease, Bill. Yeah, no kidding. No <laughs> kidding. Interesting times ahead, Chet. We're going to see how this all plays out. Yeah. And, uh, I hope there's none of that industrial disease going on, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, hey, let's give a shout-out to the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. Have continued to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out the Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, Chad, I did want to say uh, why we have a minute with, with my own uh, little public service announcement. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot, as we said, is going on in the world. And uh, these small business owners, um, you know, we this is the time we need to circle the wagons and help help these people out. I, you know, I know a girl that uh, actually bought into uh, I don't even know what you call it. It's a uh, a breakfast lunch restaurant, um, no no dinner, so it's a breakfast lunch restaurant. And uh, 
you know, she tried to stay open through this thing, and she was forced close. Uh, she probably only owned the place maybe eight months. And, uh, you know, it's those kind of people that are, are everyday smiling faces that we see that are trying to make uh, things happen. Um, the little card stores, memorabilia stores that we all like to go to, those sort of places, they're going to need us. Um, you know, Amazon's hiring 10,000 workers so they can get richer, and uh, we need to be supporting the, the other people. That's my that's my story for today. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I do feel badly for the small businesses. I mean, some of them have been ordered to close or, uh, you know, in the case of restaurants, offer only takeout or delivery and, you know, laying off a bunch of people in the process because you don't need that many people, obviously, if you're only going to be doing takeout. And that includes, uh, you know, the gang at the Irish Rover. They're just doing the, the takeout thing right now. Or uh, I guess you can have it delivered if you can use one of their services. But it's a tough situation for all. You do feel badly for them. And hopefully this will only last, you know, a month or so. But we just don't know at this point. And uh, I tell you, I'm going to, this weekend, order some wings from the Irish Rover. Because A, I want to, you know, contribute. And B, their wings are great. Yeah, well, you know, and, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, when you miss the St. Patrick's Day, when you're some of these oh, places, yeah. you don't make that up. You know, you, you just don't make that up. And uh, you do the best you can, and, and I hope it all ends up working out for them. And uh, But like you say, they need, they're going to need our support. They're going to need the people. If you have a choice to go to a local place or go to a, uh, what do they call it, a box store, yeah. go to the local place, support, support pay a couple of extra pennies if you have to support the locals even some of the big box stores are closing like macy's and nordstrom are closing their stores for the next three weeks at least and some of the malls are shutting down unless they have like an anchor store that has its own uh you know separate exit which the anchor stores often do so yeah entire malls for the most part are closing in some cases in some places and uh it's going to be a rough period for a lot of people and uh, speaking of the Irish Rover Bill, we mentioned, we teased just a week or two ago that we were probably going to be doing a live show there in early April. So, of course, that's going to be put on hold right now because we don't know what's going on with the whole coronavirus thing and when these businesses might be able to open again. Yep, that's right. Well, speaking of all that, let's get on to something a little more fun. and Let's talk about uh, what we're going to do next week. Who's our guest going to be? Brandon, always great. Had him tonight. You've set the bar pretty high, so... Who do we have coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Well, we're keeping it wide open for now, Bill, because, you know, there's not a whole lot happening in the sports world. Uh, basically nothing outside of cancellations or NFL free agency news. So we're going to keep it open for now. Stay tuned. We may do a show. We may do a shortened show. Um, I asked you earlier about, you know, whether you're surviving without live sports on TV are you watching any more regular TV now, Bill, or dare I say it, reading books? Or what are you doing with your extra time? Uh, actually, I did order a book or two. That would surprise you probably. Yeah. Uh, I did order them, and uh, they're supposed to be here any minute. If I could have found them in a local store, I would have. Um but, yeah, I, I'm probably not going to watch a whole lot of other TV because I just don't watch that much of it. There's mm -hmm. nothing really that interests me. You know, maybe I will. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I hunted around and banged around on the computer pretty much all last night. Not, not really much going on. Well, here's the one thing that's good for me in terms of this whole uh, lack of sports. 
I have, honest to God, about 70 hours worth of shows on my DVR. I have two full seasons of The Walking Dead on there that I haven't gotten to. I have uh, two full seasons of Brockmire, which is this sports-related thing uh, with Hank Azaria as a disgraced baseball announcer, which is very funny. I watched the first episode, and I have the next 22 episodes still on my DVR to get to. Um I also have this entire last season of American Horror Story. I've watched all, I think, eight seasons that they've had except this past season. So I have to get to that. So I'm covered for the next month or so in terms of watching stuff. That won't be a problem. And, Bill, before we uh, proceed and before we wrap, I have to squeeze in another commercial right here, believe it or not. So let's do that. Oh, boy. Do you know who that was? Was that 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 Joey Hetherington? You got it. Joey Hetherington, who's still with us, by the way. I think she's 75. I was a big fan of Joey Hetherington back in the late 60s and early 70s. She was on uh, Dean Martin's show. She was on Perry Como's show. Um, And do you remember what football player she was married to briefly around 1970? Would that not have been... Uh, that Lance Rensel? You got it. They were married was from it Lance Allworth. It, it was, was Lance, Lance Rensel. Right? They were married from sixty nine to seventy one. And while they were married, he got arrested for uh shall he we did? say, exposing himself to a ten year old kid. And uh they ended yes. up getting divorced after that, not surprisingly. So yes, Joey Heatherton doing he, the he Yeah. And he infamously became known as No Pants Lance. <laughs> yes. Yes, and I love Joey Heatherton. By the way, she was uh, she was quite awesome for a young guy to look yes. at back in the late sixties and early seventies. Yes, we di- we digress on the Lance Russell. <laughs> hey, Chad, uh, we're about to wrap this thing up. Parting shot for you. You know, I didn't prepare a parting shot, but I do want to say one thing. Uh, rest in peace to a guy named Kevin O'Donnell. I don't know if you saw his obit. Kevin O'Donnell was a, a friend of El Wingador and a competitive eater. In fact, he was the winner of Wing Bowl 2 and Wing Bowl 3. He was known to most as Heavy Kevy because of his eating prowess. And uh, in later years, he was a, a commentator for the whole Wing Bowl crew on WIP. Only competed, uh, I think, one more time after that Wing Bowl 10 when he got destroyed by El Wingador. But uh, Heavy Kevy, Kevin O'Donnell, passed away a few days ago of kidney cancer at the age of 59. So rest in peace, Heavy Kevy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can relate to that kidney cancer thing. Okay. No parting shot for me, so how about we wrap this thing up? Yeah, let's wrap it up, Bill. All right, let's thank tonight's special guest, Brandon Lee Galton, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Boy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chet Chesko, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, March 25th at 7 p.m. You can listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Pod- Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, Bullhorn, Player FM, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and others. And, Chet, I guess because it's what we do, we're going to say high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, but let's just stay healthy, get through this thing, 
and let's get back to playing ball. 